This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. The title of my sermon is Final Words at the Cross. Final Words at the Cross. I did a series a few years back, How to Live Through a Bad Day. And uh, we just took each saying of the cross, so I'm just going to condense it down for you this morning. Uh, what Jesus suffered on the cross, and, and we, need to, we need to think about what he suffered and what he paid for so that we could have eternal life. And so we're going to start off with Luke 23, verse 34. And Jesus, and this is the first thing that Jesus said on the cross, he actually prayed a prayer. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Think about this. So, you know, the pinnacle of, of, of Christianity, if you, if you think about it, if you think about it, it, it is, uh, uh, and Jesus' ministry was, was uh, forgiveness. Um, you know, Jesus, when he came, uh, he, uh, the Bible says that Moses brought the law, but Jesus brought grace and truth. And so when we, when we encounter Jesus, Jesus was called the friend of the sinners. And uh, because he was always looking for those that needed a savior. And so Jesus is looking for you today or for your friends that, that need a savior. And he, thank God he sought us out. And so, so really, Jesus was, was practicing what he preached. He, he taught us. In Matthew 5, uh, 44, he said for us to love our enemies and to bless those who curse us and to do good to those who hate us and to pray for those who spitefully use us and persecute us. So we see that Jesus, not only did he forgive the people that were crucifying him, uh, that put him on the cross, he, he went a next step level higher. He asked God to forgive them. Now, I'm going to say this, that when you're under persecution or when you're encountering problems in your life from other people, uh, you may say, God, I forgive them and that's good. But you might need to go to the next level and say, God, will you forgive them? OK, I'm preaching today. I'm preaching. That's the next level prayer. That's saying, God, I don't don't I don't want you to have any judgment on their life. Uh, I, I don't want you to come down hard on them. I want you to forgive them. So Jesus was actually, uh, the Bible said that he was interceding for his enemies. How many of us are actually praying for those that don't treat us right? Uh, spouses, pray for your spouses. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes we don't treat each other right. Or uh, pray for your in-laws or your outlaws. Pray for those that that aren't treating you right. Maybe people at work that's not doing you right. You know, you, you pray for them. Amen. Pray that God's blessings will be on their life, that God would open their eyes to truth. And so we see this, that really uh, forgiveness is the pinnacle uh, of Jesus's ministry. And uh, in Mark eleven twenty five and 26, it says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you of your trespasses. So uh, this is very powerful. As Christians, we need to continue to walk in the love of God. We need to continue to sow uh, mercy into people's lives. We need to forgive. And it's such a powerful uh, trait of God that... 
that, that uh, if we don't forgive, uh, Jesus actually says that God will not forgive us. So we have to walk in love. Amen? Amen. The Bible says if you say that you hate your brother and love God, then you're a liar. Because how can you say that you love God and hate your brother? No, we must love people around us. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So Jesus, he started off on the cross praying and he was interceding and he ended his ministry in heaven. He is really called our our intercessor. He's praying in heaven for us today. He's continuing his 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 ministry of prayer. He interceded for his enemies and he's interceding for us. So why? So our faith won't fail. Amen. And so the second thing we see that when Jesus was on the cross, he was between two thieves. And uh, I, I, uh, I titled this The Power of Repentance. So let's look at this and, and look at, at this account. Uh, it says here, Then one of the criminals, this is Luke 23, 39 through 43, Then one of the criminals who were, uh, hanged, uh, were hanged blasphemed him, saying, blasphemed Jesus, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you're under the same condemnation? And we indeed, ju- we are indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come in to your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Surely I say to, to you today, you will be with me in paradise. This is, this is just amazing and out-of-the-box love of Jesus. Because we see here that this man, uh, he repented right at his last hours of his death. Uh, you know, even in your final moments, God can save you. God can deliver you. God can set you free. And we see here that one of the keys to repentance is recognizing where you are missing it. In other words, admitting and not making excuses for your sin. Lots of people make excuses for why they sin. But, but, but those excuses will not up, uh, hold up in heaven. Amen. So what he did was he recognized that he, was, he, he, was, he, he deserved to be on the cross. Amen. He recognized that the sinner recognized that that he did some bad deeds that put him on the cross. He recognized that that Jesus was a just man. He he recognized that that Jesus didn't deserve to be on the cross. And he had that revelation. And then when he cried out to Jesus, uh, remember me, Jesus said, you will be with me in paradise it's only, I like to say this, that it's never too late to repent. It's never too late to say I'm sorry. It's never too late to ask God's grace to come in to your life. I think about Samson. And I think about how Samson, uh, the, 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 he was a, a judge in the Old Testament. For 40 years, he was raised up to do a work for God. And and, and Samson did some things wrong. And, and Samson, you know, allowed his flesh to control him. And, and Samson ended up in captivity with his eyes poked out and, 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 and with, you know, in a bad situation. And, and he was in a bad situation in, uh, in captivity to the Philistines. And uh, he was raised up to teach the Philistines a lesson. 
And he was doing that all through his ministry until he started doing a bunch of wrong things and, and it caught up with him. But at the very end, Samson asked God to anoint him for one more time. I'm going to say this. You may feel like you've lost your, the anointing of God. You may feel like that you've lost the grace of God. No, no. Ask him one more time. Just, he just said, God, just give me strength one more time. Just help me one more time. Just touch my life one more time. I know I messed up. I know I missed it. I, I, I know that I, I don't deserve your grace, but, but I'm asking you to, 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 to raise me up one more last time. And what did God do? God empowered Samson. And God allowed him to take out more Philistines that day than his entire ministry. In other words, that, that Samson was anointed once more. And I'm going to say this to you today, that God wants to anoint you even greater. doesn't matter how many failures we have, because the Bible says a good man can fall seven times, but if he rises back up, God will bless him. Can I get an amen here? I'm telling you, and then Samson is mentioned in the Hall of Faith. He made it to heaven. Even though he made a lot of mistakes, even though he sort of messed up his ministry, I'm telling you, God's grace is always near to those who repent and turn back to God. Number three, Jesus was on the cross. And sometimes when we are in a, a, a place in our lives where we're encountering trials and tribulations and where we feel almost like that nobody cares. This is a time where we need to start reaching out to other people. When we're encountering our pain, we, we need to look for a person to present the gospel to. We need to reach out to others in our pain. I even find that when I minister to you, I get ministered back. Glory to God. And so here, Jesus says in John 19, 26 to 27, when Jesus saw his mother there, and the, and the disciple whom he loved, standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. So we see here that Jesus wasn't just concerned about himself being on the cross. He was concerned about his earthly mother. Think about that. So what was Jesus doing? Well, Jesus was operating in, in uh, obeying the word of God that talks about honoring your father and your mother. And so, so Jesus honored his mother on the cross. Think about that. And so I'm telling you, honor is big in, in the kingdom of God. And not only should we be honoring our, our mother and our father, we should be honoring those that, that are above us, amen, those that, that might be our bosses or, or mentors or uh, those around us. We're, we're even supposed to honor one another. Amen. Oh, man, I'm preaching today. I'm preaching today. Yes, you're supposed to place honor on other people. Why? Because they are precious in the sight of God. Amen? So don't, don't lose sight of honor. This is really powerful. Why Jesus was on the cross, I call this the power of identification. Jesus cries out to the Father. And he says here, about the ninth hour, Jesus cries out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama, sabbat, I can't even say that word, sabbatani. This is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Think about that. So in Jesus' darkest hour of suffering, he, he actually speaks the words of Psalms 22. 
he actually fulfills a prophetic message. Amen. And he, and, he, and he speaks out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is amazing because the Trinity, we know that God is, is, is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. But this, I believe, is the Trinity was the first time it was ever really separated. This was the time that God had to look away from Jesus because he, he looked like a sinner on the cross and he had to identify, Jesus had to identify with man that, that doesn't have God in his life. He had to identify when you don't have Jesus in your life, you're separated from God. You don't have eternal peace. You don't have eternal joy. You don't have eternal love. No, no, you're separated from the life and, and the love of God. And so we see here that Jesus had to identify with fallen man. When Adam and Eve sinned, and, and the Bible said they sinned, uh, that they, they became spiritually dead. They got disconnected to God. So what did Jesus do? Well, he allowed himself to be disconnected from the Trinity so that we could be connected. Am I preaching today? So that we, my preaching today, so we could be connected to God. It says in Psalms 22, verse 1, it says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? And then I just want to give you a little bit of capsule of what Jesus suffered. And it talks about this in Psalms 22 and in also Isaiah 53. And in Psalms 22, this is what Jesus experienced while he was on the cross. It says here, many bulls, uh, verse 12 through 18, many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gap at me with their mouths. Like a raging, roaring lion, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a part shirt. And my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And my clothing they cast lots. Think about this. When Jesus was on the cross and he was paying a price that he did not owe. And we owe a price that we could not pay. Amen. He paid this awesome price. He, he, he experienced the suffering of the cross so that we could experience the joys of having a relationship with the Heavenly Father. So I'm telling you that I'm saying this to you today. If you are saved today, if you have Jesus in your heart today, you are eternally connected. Can I preach today? You are eternally connected to God the Father. And I'm telling you, as long as you keep walking with God, as long as you keep your hand uh, on the plow and keep pressing on, you're going to continue to see the grace and the mercy of God in your lives. Amen. I love this because in Hebrews 2.9, it says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Jesus tasted death. I'm going to say this, when a saint departs, he doesn't truly taste death. He, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I'm telling you, you're going to have an angel. I believe this. 
that you're going to have angels escorting you to heaven. Glory to God. When you leave this earthly dwelling, when you leave this earthly body, we're going to be taken up to heaven. We're going to, we're going to be walking on streets of gold. We're going to be, I'm telling you, we're going to be forever glorifying the Father. It's going to be an amazing time. And we're not going to taste death. In other words, though so we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. I'm telling you, for a Christian, we should never fear death. We should embrace death. Amen. We should embrace the, you know, I'm, I'm embracing the whole idea of Jesus coming back. I'm looking forward for his return. Of course, you know, some of you know, my daughter says, I want to live a little longer. I said, man, you're going to live even greater in heaven. Glory to God. And I'm going to say this, you know, that we need to be looking for his return. We need to understand that Jesus tasted death so that we wouldn't have to. And in 2 Corinthians 5.21, what what was happening at the cross when Jesus, uh, when God turned away from him, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So what happened when Jesus was on the cross? He, he did not sin, but he was made to be sin. Every sinful, ugly act of humankind was placed on Jesus at the cross. The Bible actually said that he was so marred that he was unrecognizable as being a human being on the cross. He paid such an awesome price. How can we not serve such an awesome Jesus? How can we, how can we not, not, not move forward to an awesome Jesus that moved forward and placed his face like flint to the cross? We must keep pressing in to the things of the cross. We must keep pressing into the things of Jesus, of laying down our lives, picking up our cross, following Jesus every day of our lives. No turning back. No turning back. Glory to God. Here, in the fifth thing that Jesus said is, I am thirsty. I am thirsty. Jesus, in John 19, 28, Jesus knew that everything uh, was now finished and to fulfill the scriptures, he said, I am thirsty. Jesus refused to initially to drink the vinegar and the gall myrrh and Matthew 27, 34 and Mark 15, 23 offered to alleviate his suffering. But here in the several hours later, we see Jesus fulfilling the messianic prophecy found in, in Psalm 69, 21. They offered me sour wine for my thirst. So that would make you even more thirstier. Amen. So they gave him that, and Jesus would often say that uh, going to the cross was his cup to drink. Have you ever heard him say that? He said, this is my cup that I must drink to fulfill all righteousness. And so he, he, he drank that, he, he, he took a sip of that. And, and Jesus experienced that suffering of thirsting on the cross. And I feel like that he was identifying with with people that will be in hell. They will be always thirsty. There, it, hell has no water in it. We know Jesus talks about the rich man in Lazarus. We know that the Lazarus was burning in the flame. We know that the Lazarus said, can, can you take, can you, uh, I'm sorry, the rich man said, can you take Lazarus, dip his 
finger in the water and put it on my tongue for I'm burning in this flame. So people in hell will always be thirsty. But if you receive Jesus, the, the wellspring of living water, you will never thirst anymore. Not in this life or the life there. After. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? There are many people searching, looking for their cups to be filled on this earth without God. And they will never be able to fill their cup until they fill it with the living water of the Holy Spirit that wants to reside in every person in this world. Do you believe that today? Glory to God. Jesus says this to the woman at the well in John 4.10. Jesus answers and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever, John 13-14, dropping down, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him, he will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So Jesus wants to give us that everlasting water. He wants us walking in that everlasting life, that, that abundant life that he promised us. You know, you know, we're celebrating Easter today, Resurrection Sunday. But it's more than just celebrating what Jesus did on the cross to set us free from, from the bondage of sin. No, no, we're celebrating resurrection life that we can live resurrection life every day of our lives. Yes. We don't have to live it. We don't have to just participate and get excited about Jesus on one Sunday morning, one year out of the entire year. No, we need to be, we need to be celebrating resurrection life every day of our lives. Amen. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and he will quicken and make alive your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. I'm telling you, there's a song that we used to sing. I'm not going to sing it. (laughs) If that same spirit (laughs) that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. (laughs) Amen. If he dwells in you, he dwells in us. Why? We're supposed to be living that resurrected life, glory to God, every day of our lives. Can I get an amen or oh me? I like what it says in Revelation 22 through 17. It says, and the spirit of the bride says, come. Let him who hears says, come. Let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. So what I'm saying to you today is that God is offering the water of life to every person on this planet. God wants everybody saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Glory to God. And so a a sixth key here, the sixth thing that Jesus said, it is finished. So Jesus' earthly ministry uh, was completed because he did everything that the Father asked him to do. And he went to the cross that the Bible actually says that he despised the, 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 the shame of the cross. But he went to the cross because he knew that that was the only way to set us free from sin, glory to God. To give us a revelation of, a, of our love for God. Amen. And we see this in John one twenty nine. 
Jesus came and it says here that on the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, just one drop of Jesus's blood can take away the entire sin of the world. Do you realize today that if you are in Christ, you are forgiven? God's not holding anything against you today. Now, we might miss it. We might sin every once in a while. We might miss the mark. Hopefully, we're not doing it on purpose. We're just falling every once in a while. But, you know, when we ask in 1 John 1, 9, ask forgiveness, He is just and righteous to forgive us of our sins. And the Bible says that He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then the Bible says if we continue to walk in the light, then, then our sins are ever being cleansed. Hallelujah, by the blood of Jesus. So all you have to do is continue to walk in the light of God's word. And as you walk in his light, your sins are continuing being cleansed. Glory to God. When the Holy Spirit brings something to you, an area that you may need to adjust in, you move in there, you adjust it. And glory to God, that grace will keep flowing in your life. Amen. Do you believe that today? And so I believe that today. I love this. That Jesus accomplished reconciliation for mankind when he said it was finished he accomplished that in Colossians 1 13 it has it says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son of his love there's another translation says that he that he brought us out of the kingdom of darkness when he went to the cross and he and he brought us into the kingdom of his dear son where you are in a new kingdom today you're not in the kingdom of darkness. You are, you are out of the kingdom of darkness. Yes, there's darkness maybe all around us, but we are in the kingdom of righteousness. We are in the kingdom of light. We are in a new kingdom, glory to God. We need to get excited about that. And I love this in Colossians 2, 13 and 14. It says, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Think about that. Having forgiven you of all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, who was contrary to us, he has taken it out of the way, has nailed it on the cross. Man, I need to read that again. That is amazing. That, that's amazing grace. Think about this. There was, there was the devil, the Bible says, is the accuser of the brethren. He's constantly accusing us before God day and night. And he's always preaching. The devil's always preaching the law, saying, no, they're not right. They're not doing everything right. They're not doing that. But, but, but then, then God's always preaching the grace. Look at the blood of Jesus. Look at the sacrifice of Jesus. Look what he paid. Glory to God. He nailed their sins on the cross. Glory to God. What was against us. Now, now if God be for us, it doesn't matter. Matter if the law is against us, it can't be against us anymore because grace is greater. Amen. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much less, much more. Grace abounds much more. Glory to God. I love this because, you know, Jesus, when he said it was finished, his earthly ministry was finished. Can we get an amen on that? 
But it wasn't completely finished because he did have to do some things after he, he left his body. And the Bible says that he descended into hell, glory to God, and he, he ministered to the, to the people. There was Hell was uh, a, a two compartments, one with Abraham and, and the, the saints of old, glory to God. And the other part was the, uh, was the, was the hell where all the, all the people that, that, that hated God was in that side of it. And so, and so we know that, and so Jesus preached, and we know that when Jesus was raised, they were raised too, glory to God. And so I love this, that, but not only that, but it says here that Jesus, uh, uh, let's read this in Colossians 2, uh, 15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphant over them in it. What, what did Jesus do? Well, what he did was in Revelation 1.18, it says, I am he who lives <clears throat> and was dead. <clears throat> Behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of Hades and death. Think about that. So what, what, was the, what was the power of Jesus when he went to the cross? He paid the price for mankind. He went down to hell. He preached uh, to the saints of old. And he also took the keys of death and hell from the devil. So I'm telling you, what does that mean? That means that Jesus is reigning over death and hell. That means that the devil doesn't have power over death and hell. That means that, that, means that the power of God is greater to save people than the power of the devil to bring people to hell. I'm preaching today. I'm pre- can I preach today? Can, can, I get a, can I get a witness in the house today? I'm saying this to you today, that, that you may be praying for some of your relatives, and they may look bad, they might be in the world, but I'm going to say this, keep praying for your relatives, glory to God, because, because God's grace is greater than the sin that they're dealing with. And I'm telling you, the Bible says you and your household shall be saved. I'm preaching today. I'm standing on some word. You might have some relatives that might be out there in the world, but they're coming in to the... I'm preaching. that They're coming into the kingdom of God. They're coming in to, to a revelation. I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I'm amazed that I'm up here today. Yeah, I was, I was, as like Paul would say, I was a chief sinner. Glory to God. I mean, I loved to party. When I was, when I, before I got saved and I was out there in the clubs and I was living life and, you know, eat, drink for tomorrow we die, you know, and glory to God. And I was out there and my brothers were out there and it's, un, it's, it's just amazing. We were, you know, you know, you heard about the Hardy boys, you know, we, we were the party boys. <laughs> Hardy boys, that's, that's, uh, okay, we'll continue. But, uh, but thank God. Thank God, we, I'm telling you, I could have got killed back in my days, in my teenage days. The devil was trying to kill pastor, amen? But you know what? He's still trying to kill me, amen? But he can't, he can't kill me, amen? I'm alive in Christ, glory to God, amen? And he can't kill you, and I'm telling you, he can't take your relatives to hell because the grace of God is greater than the power of the devil. Let's read this again. I am he who lives and was dead. Think about this. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Glory to God. Jesus' last words was, was and I, I, can't, I, I put the point here, the power of trusting God. 
I'm telling you, some of us are in situations where it's, it's hard to place our trust in God at times. It's, we're dealing with issues. We're dealing with problems. Uh, you know, the Bible says the only way we can please God is by faith. We, sometimes we don't, see, we don't feel God all the time. Sometimes we're dealing with, with issues in our lives and we're, trying, we're just struggling uh, just, just to make it. Maybe you struggle just to come to church today. I'm telling you, just keep pu- putting one foot in front of the other. Keep believing that the grace of God can help you no matter what you're dealing with. And we see here that Jesus in Luke 23, 46 says this. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. And so we see here that, that Jesus uh, got back to the Father. We know in the middle of, of, of his sayings, he said, my God. My God, he didn't call God Father because a sinner doesn't know God is a father. Amen. But he but it's, it swung back. It started off with Father, forgive them for they know that know not what they do. And then it ends, it ends with Father into your hands. I commit my spirit. And I'm going to say this, that we have to begin with with faith and we have to end with faith. And what is faith? Trusting God no matter what it looks like, no matter what we're dealing with in our life. Trusting God with our children, trusting God with our jobs, trusting God with our relatives. We got to trust God that he's moving in spite of what the enemy's doing all around us. I love this because it says in Proverbs 3, Five and six, it says, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Amen. Amen. That's the reverse translation, I guess. But trust in the Lord with all of your heart and and, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Jesus and he shall direct your path. I like what one translation says. It's it actually right. It's actually written out this way. He shall make the crooked ways straight. So I'm going to say this as we trust God, as we put our trust in God, uh, he can make those crooked paths straight in our lives. I'm telling you, we, we start off with God. The, the path is a little crooked and, and, and it starts getting the longer we're in God, the longer we stay in God, the longer we walk with God, that path becomes more straight, more straight, more straight, more narrow, more straight, more narrow, until I'm telling you, we're walking so tight with God, we're not going to veer to the right, we're not going to veer to the left, we're going to keep our, our feet on the straight and narrow path until we see, you know, until we hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter in to the joy of your Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So I want to say to you today, you got to put your trust and faith in God. Don't put your trust in money. Don't put your trust in your talents. Don't put your trust in the government. No, put your trust in God. Lots of people are putting their trust in a lot of things. And when those things fall, they fall. But you know what? You put your trust in God. God will never fall. He will never falter. He will never fail. God, you can bet, you can stake your life on the, on the faithfulness of God. Jesus is the faithful, true, high priest. And we can trust God today. You can put your trust and believe that he will deliver you out of anything that is attacking your life 
or your family. Do you believe that today? Amen. So I'm going to I'm going to ask you to bow your heads today and, and, um, and those that are watching online. And, I, and the Bible actually says that today is a day of salvation. Maybe you haven't put your trust and faith in a living Savior. Well, today would be the, one of the best days to do it. It's on Resurrection Sunday. So I want to lead you into a prayer that will, that will bring you in to a revelation of God's love. So pray this prayer after me and mean your heart. Say, Dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org. 